This is the Pro-AV Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you education, information, and inspiration, only on market scale. Nowadays, we put a lot of AV on the ones and zeros. They want more features, but they want to see less hardware. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Market Scale Pro-AV Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Kern, and coming up on the show, we're going to talk to Robert Hickman. He's an independent creative designer doing primarily video and lighting for major tours and award shows, and he's joining us today as a guest and client of Elite Multimedia. What Elite does is they come along and really partner alongside guys like Robert to make sure they have everything they need for live productions. So without further ado, Robert, thanks so much for joining me today, man. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm excited to, to be a part. Absolutely. So you've worn a lot of hats across the pro-AV industry, specifically in that uh, kind of large event type of uh, type of um, production, uh, doing a lot of different things, be it lighting and producing and, and all those sort of things. How did you kind of find your way into this industry from the beginning? Well, you know, as a kid, I just loved music. I mean, it was just something that I was always doing, and my parents would always find me sitting at the family stereo playing vinyl uh i don't know if anybody remembers eight tracks but i would be playing eight eight tracks and vinyl and uh cassette tapes and you know then i started buying my own cds and whenever that came around and i could you know definitely uh love the ability to jump around uh between (laughs) songs at, at that point but i'd just read the the liner notes and you know see who was the producer on it, who, who played all the instruments, you know, read, read all the lyrics and just kind of, that was my intro into the industry. And then, yeah, during high school, did marching band and played, played music. I was a, a drummer and um, for my youth group, we would, they would, they, they had an old strand lighting console and so I taught myself uh, lighting, sitting next to the audio guy, and um, was kind of enamored by the whole ability to uh, control the lights, as as well as helping out sound. You know, I, I still loved doing all the audio stuff, but the lighting kind of came into its own, uh, like side by side with with the audio stuff. And then, you know, moving on into getting ready for college, I was looking around for colleges that had uh, strong um, audio and recording uh, things because I just was like, man, I'd love to be in the studio and and record bands and just be part of that whole creative process and and capture that that instantaneous um, creativity that that happens when you get a bunch of people together and are playing music. So I uh, found Middle Tennessee State University and uh, went to their recording industry production and technology program um, and uh, graduated there <clears throat> with with that degree um, and the minor was entertainment tech and uh, and with that minor I was able to go over to the theater and take lighting classes and some and some scenic classes and uh, be able to learn how to design straight plays and musical uh, musicals and modern dance pieces um, and then it also helped me go over to the MassCom uh, which the recording industry was a part of the MassCom it's now changed names and uh, I don't even know what MTSU calls it right now but I, I still lovingly call it the MassCom and um, took 
digital animation and compositing classes and really kind of dug, dug into that uh, on the video side of things. And yeah, and then since since college, I've held several several roles from being a touring lighting designer and production manager to an event manager for the theater. You know, on, on my transition into college, I was even a security a security guard for concerts uh, at different uh, venues. Uh, been a local tech for companies. Moved into account management positions and like working on you know, more of the business side of uh, the industry as well as the creative. And now kind of uh, I've branched out on my own and I've got my own company and uh, working with clients uh, collaboratively. So there's pretty much no hat in the industry that you really haven't worn at this point. I mean, all the way down to uh, to being a security guy, you know, and, uh, uh, and working that aspect of events. So you've pretty much done it all then. Well, I... I, I that's that's kind of hard to say. I've I've done a lot, but within, <laughs> I think that's fair. Within the entertainment industry, it's very vast, and and that's kind of been a project that I've been wanting to work on is like mapping the industry to like show people the the vast scope of the entertainment industry because it 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 ranges from film, television, corporate events, hotel AV. You know, working with, you know, different local companies, concerts, tours, one-offs, weddings, you know, the, the, the list is endless of the different roles that it takes to make all of these uh, different events happen. And so I've, I've been uh, honored and humbled that I've been able to hold so many different roles, but it's just, you know, part of my philosophy or my approach to all of this is I wanted to really work my way up to the design spectrum and really be able to work with uh, the creative team, whether it be in theater um, and working with, you know, the director, the scenic, the uh, costumes and just working on a, on a creative team and being able to talk those different roles in a way that made everybody feel um, valued and a part. So as a touring LD or production manager, I could talk to the head of security and know that, yes, you got to put a guy in to guard a door that only maybe two people are going to walk through the whole night. So I've, I've been that guy that sat, you know, the whole night waiting to guard from intruders and protect the one or two people that are going to be walking through a door. So yeah, it's, 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 it's been a fun, uh, adventure so far and I'm looking forward to the future of the other roles and positions that I will get to fill and get to work with other people on. Absolutely. So you, you've worked in these various roles and you have a really, really um, vast and kind of wide understanding of how the industry works together. And I think that that's, uh, that's pretty incredible knowledge to have. Um, and you've had the opportunity to work on some, uh, some pretty cool productions, I would, I would believe. So what are some of uh, the highlights that stand out for you of some of the productions you've been able to work on that, uh, that maybe highlight your career so far? Yeah, I mean, I think some of the early stuff is like just learning how to work together with other people um, on, on local productions. Uh, I was a stage manager for 
the Newsboys. They're a Christian artists. Uh, I was their stage manager for a couple of years and learning how to manage people and manage uh, things moving around the uh, stage in a way that uh, everybody gets to go home happy at the end of the day. And uh, there were plenty of times where I didn't get it right. And uh, I, I learned how to manage myself um, and, and check my feelings at the door um, and, and to think level-headed when it came to certain situations. So, um, yeah, I think, I think some of the greater productions that I've been able to be a part of um, have been like the Dove Awards. Um, I was an artist uh, relations person that helped get the artist to and from stage starting out. You know, I think it was the first Dove Awards that I did. It was like 37. And then um, working for a Nashville production company, I uh, got to be one of the lead techs and uh, designers of the LED uh, media server and lighting programming for Devil Wards 45. Um, and kind of in the middle of that, you know, being able to program some some great uh, concerts for Reach, for Reach Records and Lecrae and, and some of those hip hop guys. And I think one of the more fun and challenging projects was designing the Vitals tour with that uh, production company in Nashville kind of being like the lead um, pixel wrangler um, when it came to the design because the Vitals tour for Mute Math um, mm -hmm. had tons of these slender pixelated video bars that were a hybrid of you could control them with video or you could control them with a lighting console and so um, I was like the lead mapper and designer of the custom content for for that and then we used some stock content uh, for those video tiles as well as just um, general red green blue uh, lighting control from the console so I would say those are some of my, my highlights and uh, you know some of my current projects are being able to uh, produce some award shows and some uh, benefits for local charities and uh, different projects there uh, as well as dipping my feet into broadcast and getting to work with some excellent uh, lighting teams and lighting designers uh, in the broadcast arena. And uh, that's, that's definitely been a new journey, getting to uh, really work lighting and video in a broadcast, uh, live video broadcast situations. Right, right. So for those that, that might not know, the Dove Awards are basically uh, the Grammys of Christian music. Yep. Would that be... Gosh, the Gospel Music Association yeah. um, is on the Dove Awards, which is basically, like like you said, it's, it's the Grammys for... Uh, Christian music, just like the CMT uh, awards are for country music. So yeah, I would say that right. that's uh, that is a correct assessment. <laughs> so y you did the Dove Awards, and then you did a project and did a tour with Mute Math, who puts on just one of the most insane, energetic, um, sensory overload type shows maybe that I've ever personally seen. Yeah. What you know, kind of compare and contrast those two projects because they seem like you know one side you have a award show that's you know slightly more buttoned up, and then on the other side you have this 
um, kind of off-the-rails feeling uh, live production with Mute Math. How are those two different, and how do they uh, require, I, I, I suppose, like different planning and, and compare and contrast just those two events from your perspective? Yeah, I, I would say that, like, for the Dove Awards, it was very more the design came came from us, and the artists brought their one song that they were going mm-hmm. to highlight. And so we, we basically just were designed their their song in into the cohesive look of the award show so it was it was working with their collaborative team if if they had one and if they didn't you know we we would kind of design their song for the presentation within the overall award show so they had some creative input but it was a lot of it was directed by um the overall look and feel that the designers and directors of of the uh award show were looking for contrasting mute math is very creative very hands-on very um create i mean just creativity just oozes out of those guys and it's like you do a song once and then in rehearsals you hear it played five different ways as they're like figuring out like new ways to like play the verse or play the chorus or like what if they went into an extended uh solo breakdown and you know just all of the stuff that make makes mute math who they are you know, was just like seen in rehearsals. It's like we would we would plan and we would kind of have the set list, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we just added a new song that we just wrote yesterday." What? Okay, uh, sure. Let's get some programming, or you know, around that, and, <laughs> and 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 get that going. And and you know, they they all were uh, very hands on when it came to the look and and feel of it, uh, which. You know, from the design and programming standpoint, can be frustrating at times because you're you're trying to reach a end goal per se of like getting a a product that's you know tourable and can be repeated and something that can be uh, seen by the masses every night. But at, but on the other side, being able to work with an artist that really cares about the look and feel. Uh, pushes your boundaries and, and makes you go, okay, yeah, maybe we can do that. Let me, let me try. And so it, it definitely pushes on both sides, being able to like get more and more creative, uh, working together with the, with the creative team that was put together by, uh, Jeff, Jeff Lava and Lava has, uh, designed mute math probably since the beginning. Um, He's he's been the main creative force behind a lot of the Mute Math uh, tours and shows uh, throughout the years. So being able to work with him on the design process and getting into his head, as well as uh, as well as the bands. So it's 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 been a very fun and interesting uh, process uh, for the Vitals tour that I was a part of. Absolutely. So when, when you're sitting down to kind of start a project like that, uh, maybe not necessarily Mute Math specifically, but uh, a project similar to it, 
what do the conversations look like that help you build the the vision for what the production will ultimately be? Yeah, you know, I, I would say the design process is always the same for me. It's just that different clients bring out different elements based upon their needs. Like if if they need more talking head type stuff, then I'm gonna you know rely on different. Um, design processes versus, you know, very dynamic, um, high energy, uh, bands that need more pizzazz basically. Um, you know, you, you'd bring out different elements based upon their, their needs. And, you know, my, my goals when it comes to design are to complement their vision and provide, you know, visual strength to help deliver their their message because as as a designer you know i'm just a support person to the artist or the ceo or who whoever uh is hiring me at the moment to communicate to people their their message in a clear concise um understandable package and so being able to work with them and either bring in new elements to help bring that wow factor or you know something to just to help with the clarity that's that's really what i look for and you know i wish i wish we lived in a world where you know design was free and there was no money attached to it, but a lot of times, you know, being being as it is, I kind of start with the dreaded budget question of, like, mm-hmm. you know, what what what's your sandbox? What are you working with? So that way, I know kind of like the boundaries with 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 which I can play in, and it's and it's kind of limiting, but it it, it kind of gives you, you know, some parameters to go okay. I can only go this far to the left, this far to the right, this far up and this far down. How can I maximize this sandbox that I've been given to give them the best that they need, you know, to maximize their budget, pick the right tools. You know, if if someone needs a jackhammer, I'm not going to come in with a water hose um, for for the job, you know, if, if, if that's not what what they need. And so looking looking across the vast array of the technology out there, you know, to be able to select the right tools to deliver that, that, that message, whether it be, you know, we're going to lean more on lighting versus video for, for this, you know, artist, or we're going to be more heavily video uh, because there's lots more visual elements and make sure that the sound's right. And then the lighting just plays a support role in, you know, can you see them? Can can you, you know, can you hear them at the back of the hall? And you know, utilizing more video and audio with lighting playing a, a supporting role. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of different ways when it comes to design. But at the end of the day, for me, it's are we clearly delivering the message that they want to get across? 
Absolutely. So then, you know, kind of as the designer, once you have those parameters and that vision and that understanding of what that message is going to be, what do you then begin to look for when it comes to a production company partner and the equipment that you're going to end up using? What kind of uh, what factors into those decisions? Yeah, you know, each <clears throat> when when you're looking at, at different stuff, you're like, oh, yeah, that 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 picture is going to be great or that video uh, product is is, is going to be just exactly what what they need and then because I have made lots of great relationships with a lot of different production companies here in in town as well as across the country uh, while I toured um, you kind of learn what their strengths are and kind of uh, play play to their strengths so some some production companies might only be strong in in lighting where others are lighting and video or others are just audio so knowing what they have in their inventory um, you know working with an account manager or someone in on on their team uh, working with the knowledge of their gear and the resources that they provide um, really helps a designer um, really flourish when it comes to the production company um, and you know having maintenance gear gear that's taken care of even though it might have just come back from a tour that is you know been looked at you know confirmed that it's been working and is not gonna fail on your project uh, definitely really helps and, and you know just being able to to treat each client you know, to designer to company to client you know as that production company works with with their different uh, clientele that each one's treated um, with the same level of respect and Im importance really makes really makes for a good strong working relationship and being able to support the designer in different ways whether it's just gear support uh, or you know being able to help design support with like paperwork and drafting and, and different things depending upon how busy I may I may get or you know just all the different various things that a production company might have, you know, and Elite Multimedia is, is, is a great company like that to where they have the strengths of audio, video, and lighting, and, and with the strength of Pixelflex is a strong video uh, component that I've used on several of my projects in, in the past and, and also look forward to using them in the future. Um, but yes, sometimes um, their product isn't right for me because the client is needing something that might be better served from a, a different company, but it's not that I don't like them. It's that um, I try to use the right companies for the right projects and knowing that different companies have different strengths. Just knowing, knowing those various different companies helps me uh, bring the right team and the right partners to the projects that I work on, whether it be you know more budget friendly uh, products or it's just the right tool. And and not every company, you know, it, it, to ask one single company to have every single piece of gear that you would ever use is kind of crazy. It's it's kind of nuts. <laughs> so being able to know that different companies have different focus, you know, because there are some companies that they have locked on to a certain manufacturer and you know that they know that fixture top down. So if anything goes wrong, 
they know how to fix it versus a company that might be so diverse that their maintenance team is having a hard time keeping up with parts and pieces to keep their uh, fleet of fixtures working. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I, I think you're absolutely right about that. And that's kind of where your experience in the industry really comes in and plays such a huge part, just that you have those relationships that you've built over the years. Um, and kind of speaking just a, a, of your time in the industry, uh, I, I wonder just how much has LED really come in and become just so much bigger a part of things than it was maybe when you started uh, 10 or so years ago? How much has, has LED kind of coming in and becoming a more accessible product really enhanced some of the productions and, and changed the, the way that you're able to do your job? Yeah, I mean, LED has played a huge role in a lot of different factors within the industry um there are people who love it there are people who are still iffy on it but you know um when led first came out i I remember getting some of the first led battens and those are like the long bars uh uh that you kind of use for lighting up scenic and and things like that while i was in a, a theater and while they were great the LED quality versus today's products, it was a Pixeline 1044. And if anybody remembers that uh, model uh, today, that was a very rough start to the whole LED thing because before before the entertainment industry got a hold of LED, it was, you know, LEDs were for your remotes, for your IR remotes. They were for billboards and signs. So the quality and the flicker rate really wasn't a concern for the LED manufacturers. But as those diodes uh, came into the industry, you know, if we were going to put them on a broadcast for TV, there didn't need to be any flicker because the, the, the refresh rate of a LED back in the beginning was horrendous. and. All, all the video guys would be like, no, we can't use this because the, the, the flicker rate is just destroying what the camera sees. And so it, yeah. as it was imperceptible to the human eye, to a camera's processing unit, you, it was like you were looking at a strobe light. And so as LEDs have developed and gotten better and smaller and more, you know, power, you know, the the power needed to drive an, an LED is much less than your typical arc uh, fixture. And so the, the power draws and, and everything has been a huge help to lots of productions, especially the small productions, because they have to carry less cabling uh, power-wise. You know, cabling between fixtures hasn't changed, but as far as like the feeder cable needed, you know, you, you can you can power uh, a whole rig off of 100 amps as opposed to you know in years past you needed four 400 amps just to run your 240k rig. Um, so LEDs played a, a big role, and then with with LEDs getting packaged together to make video content and pushing video across LEDs have been a huge change to how you can do massive looks with video to where in the past having to do a 
you know, a 40 foot wide by 10 foot tall video screen was a lot of money and took about six, six or so projectors just to get the light output um, to an acceptable level. And now with LED, since they are a light emitting uh, product, your, your punch is much more present than on a projector screen that's basically a reflective service, sur surface that is receiving an image from a projector. So with LED coming into that spectrum, you know, even, even the roles have, have kind of merged where video was kind of doing its own thing and lighting was doing its own thing. There were some times with media servers and things like that that um, lighting designers would control the content that would be playing on those um, surfaces, whether it's projection or what have you. Um, with LED now, being integrated in, into more and more fixtures and being used as a video source, um, those those roles have merged together um, much much more. And where the the lighting designer is also becoming all uh, the video designer, especially with a lot of the EDM shows and things like that, they are controlling the whole visual um, impact of the of the whole show that the audience is 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 looking at so if you want to black out the stage the lighting guy has to have control of the video as well as the lighting to really make those impacts punch that's really fascinating just that leds kind of come in and changed uh, the combination and the uh, the interaction between the different elements of lighting and video uh, it's really interesting to see just how that's happened over the last several years. And I'm curious just where you see the industry headed in 2019 and maybe even beyond just kind of moving further into the future. What other innovations do you think are coming down the pipeline and what, what excites you about the future? Yeah, you know, I think I think for the industry, the, the way technology is changing, even on a global scale, things are getting smaller, faster, quicker, better. So that's allowing more people access to items that wouldn't have been available to them in years past. So being able to have more of those budget-friendly uh, fixtures available to clients who couldn't have afforded that in, in recent years, I think is, is, is a much uh, better place for the industry because we're able to service more clients than we have in the, in the past. And I, I think from a creative design point, you know, the sky's still the limit. People feel like we've kind of hit a, a design limit, but I know that there are things out there that we have yet to think on or figure out or have put a combination of things together to make something new and, and, and fresh. But honestly, at the end of the day, there's still so much good design that can be applied to lots of projects that um, if, if, if given the right attention can make those projects look amazing regardless of if there's anything new, flashy, or you know the latest, hottest thing. There's, there's, there's still a lot of good design that can be applied to projects that you know as, as a designer there's, there's still that need for good, thoughtful design that's not just putting out the latest and greatest toys, but actually picking the right toys for, for the job and not just the latest and greatest 
um, bits of tech. So I, that's that's kind of what what I would say is like I'm I'm just excited for the future and being able to you know mentor the the future generation of those wanting to get in the industry. Um, that's that's where a lot of my passion lies is in the education side of it and like really wanting to teach the next generation what it means to be a good designer to have those good work skills to to bring the best of who they are to each project and really be able to um, take take the knowledge that has been gained over the past several decades of production and apply it to the new age and and then the new era of production because we live in a very like we want it right now and we, and we want it for the price of a happy meal and it's like <laughs> production still costs costs money it's it takes there's so many people involved in the process from the designers of the fixtures to the manufacturing to the production companies buying the fixtures to the people fixing them and keeping them working so you know as as a whole as an industry wide it, it's it's not like you know pulling up amazon ordering a a lighting design and it shows up to your door you know an, an hour later cuz you you know have prime now so it's it's yeah. It, yeah it still takes time and it still takes a creative process to make this happen but i think as we go into the future the accessibility of it will definitely be there but i think still teaching people that there's value in the process and value in having a team around you to deliver that in an effective way is kind of where I see, you know, people still need to know what that tech is there for. And not everybody is a, a specialist across all fields. So I definitely don't call, consider myself a, a specialist in half of the stuff that I do. I still call uh, all of the people that I've made connections with when it comes to specific details because I know that they are really good at RF tech or LED things or fixture repair or, or whatever because everybody is is in this industry and, and we're doing it together and, and that's to me huge is, is the networking uh, side of it is being able to connect people together to to deliver the right the right product and and so having having people and gear that are coming in in into their own is just exciting to me is being able to be that connector of a artist to an up and coming designer and being able to network and 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 say oh yeah well I I actually am I'm booked on on another job but I know so and so and they would be a great fit for your project. Let me get you guys connected. So to me is, is being able to not feel threatened by not having a job because the industry is so diverse and there's new projects coming up every day. So um, just not feeling threatened by not having a job but knowing how to find the right client and the right uh, projects to work on, I think is, uh, is very exciting. 
Yeah, and hopefully this this piece and this podcast can be a good uh, educational tool. As you mentioned, uh, education's a big uh, part of what you love to do uh, in the industry, and I think uh, I think this podcast can be used uh, in that way for sure. Uh, Robert, I want to rewind us all the way back to the beginning of the conversation to wrap up, and I got to know what were some of the vinyls you were you were jamming to back when you were younger, and you first uh, discovered your love for music and uh, decided you wanted to be a part of the uh, the AV industry moving forward. Wow. Um blast from the past see if i can even remember back back to those days um i don't even know if people know of second chapter of acts but that was like one of my dad's favorite rock albums from from his (laughs) from 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 his college time so so he had a couple vinyls of that um you got me there that that was a that was a good question and i wasn't wasn't prepared (laughs) to uh go back to my childhood that, that 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 deep but i mean you know Classical, like to me, it, it was it wasn't just a specific artist or a specific genre. Like I listen mm-hmm. to classical music, to jazz, to you know pop music, to country. You know, it it was just all there, and and I, I never was like one to be like, oh, I, I only listen to this this type of music. I I, I turned that radio dial from the low 80s all the way up to the 100s and listen uh, across across the board um, when, when, when it came to music so you know um, each each musical genre carries it its own energy and its own passion and mm-hmm. being able to light all of those different ones or design around all those different ones uh, I look forward to each to each project, especially with the different artists, because um, every artist has a different message. And being able to listen to their music that emote feelings, and then complement it with the visual aspect when they're on stage is just a great treat. So, thanks for having me. I I hope this has helped somebody out there and not be bored to tears uh, when it comes to <laughs> designing you know, lighting and and video for staging, but, you know, there's, there's so much to be learned that, you know, we would probably have to do four or five of these podcasts to get into the nitty gritty of each, of each detail. But I'm, I hope this is a great overview for someone that's looking to get into the industry or looking at a new part, or even just want to understand how everything works together. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I think anybody that, that goes to a concert or to a show and sees just how everything on the stage is, you know, and, and wonders to themselves, I suppose, just how is all of this happening? How, you know, who is pushing the buttons? Who's behind all of this? I think a curious mind would certainly think, you know, ask that question. And I think this has been a great introduction into that world and into what you've done uh, in the industry and what you're continuing to do. So, uh, Robert, thank you so much for uh, for joining me today and uh, good luck moving forward. And hopefully we can uh, talk again soon. Yes, thank you so much. I, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. And, um, Thanks for having me.